Hey everyone, it is I, Larry, and your other host, Justin. Sorry, that was a kind of weird intro, but uh, things eh. are kind of weird tonight. <laughs> um, you're going to notice the pace of this is going to be a little bit faster. The reason for that is that there is actually a tornado watch warning. One of those two uh, but, currently but in my area. That is commitment, though, okay? Yeah, and the thing is, is like, there, Justin's schedule is full, so we need to get it done. Oh, so, if you haven't been paying attention, Justin has been writing a ton, and he has a lot of cool reviews out there. So definitely check out oh, the Discord or the Twitter to find it. And I love it. Like obviously, I've been with you for for through your entire writing career, and it's been cool to see like the interactions your articles are getting on Twitter. Like I remember when you first did it, and it was like this me and you retweeting it. Yeah. And now like you're getting a lot of people. It's it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's weird to actually like. Because I, I will get, like, follow-up emails from, like, the developers. Uh-huh. And just, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's been it's it's been really cool to, like, to know that, like, people are reading it and stuff. I don't know. It's, it's a weird feeling. It's good. Show, I was going to kick this show off, Justin, with, like, a, a discussion of theater etiquette, which you and I texted about. We're <laughs> yeah. going to save that for next week. Okay. Because uh, we're going to be a little bit faster. Um, but what's been new with you? What have you been playing, watching, anything fun? Um, very quickly, uh, I watched some more Venture Bros. Uh, yeah. I've been playing a little bit more of Dante's Inferno. I'm at Lust, which I think oh, is like I'm the... Oh, I'm farther f- than you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm at Gluttony. Yeah, I think I'm on like the first circle of hell. <laughs> okay, okay. I think. I don't remember. I believe so. Um, anyways, yeah, I haven't been playing it too much because I've also been playing slash reviewing um lisa yeah uh, (laughs) uh, lisa the painful and lisa the joyful um it's like a sequel of games um basically something happens uh all the women in the world die except for one baby is born and it's a female this guy takes her under her wing and like secret doesn't tell anybody and like secretly like you know like raises her uh and then one day he comes back from hunting and there's like his like friend group is all like killed and like dismembered and stuff and she's gone so the whole thing is like you trying to find her and obviously because there's no females in the world it's like super fucked up and like there is a lot of like heavy heavy trigger warnings uh going into it um i won't talk about them here but yes uh be very be very aware when you're playing that game uh but it is very much like earthbound which is like one of my favorite super nintendo rpgs so I dug it really well, and then I also got to preview my favorite VR series is having, like, a new release this later this year. Okay. Uh, I Expect You to Die. Um, so I got to preview the, the first three levels of the new one. Super fucking cool. Like, one of the best VR games I've ever played. Um, but, yeah, what about you, Larry? That's that's really, really, those are the highlights for me. All right. Uh, I'll be quick, too. No TV at all, really, for me. I have watched a bunch of movies. I watched Midsummer when I went down to visit my friend Kyle mm. and his girlfriend Erica. Wow, I haven't seen that since, like, yeah. a long Erica time Erica didn't really care for it. They both thought I was crazy when I said it was a breakup movie, and then it led to a fun discussion at, like, 2.30 in the morning, so that was that was fun. <laughs> I watched the next Studio Ghibli movie, and it's my least favorite. It's called From Up on Poppy Hill. Oh, yeah, I've heard I've heard of that one. I did not care for it at all. So are you care. going to go see his new movie? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm keeping an eye out for it because I haven't been able to see it in tickets in theaters yet. Like the Heron and something. Yeah, I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. But yeah. I only have six left. Wow. You're really getting I've, it done. I've gone through all of them. Uh, obviously, I watched St. Maud. I watched Spartacus. 
um, the show, right? Movie. Oh, interesting. Old three-hour movie has Lawrence Olivier plays like the Roman chancellor. Yeah, it, it was okay. It was too long. Three hours is a long. <laughs> That's a, a long, long movie. movie. Uh, and some might saw... say an hour and a half can be too long of a mo- for a movie, but you know <laughs> some, we'll get into that. Some might say uh, I saw Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One. And. Um, it's in the bottom half of the movies, a bit okay. of possible movies for me. I don't want to spoil anything. The The bad guy, I don't want to spoil it, but Rachel and I disagreed on the bad guy, but I think the bad guy is more of a realistic thing for her, whereas for me it's very abstract. Um, but it also made the women feel more like damsels in distress than any of them mm. since 2 had, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, then I watched Unforgiven, which is a 1992, I think, Western um, okay. Written, written, directed, and starring Clint Eastwood. Um, I like westerns in in general, uh, and it's basically like the Iliad. I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh, it's it's like the <laughs> classic Greek literature about like, um, not it's not Patrocles. It's not then. What's his name? What? The main person in the Iliad. Um... So Odysseus is in the Odyssey. What's the what's the Iliad? Oh. Whatever. He goes on a journey. It's whatever. <laughs> uh, games, I have, I am almost done with Crisis Core Reunion 100%. I can literally go fight the final boss. I have all of the trophies unlocked except for 100% of the missions and, like, 100%ing certain things. So Interesting. So, now, literally just grinding. Like, I'm at 20 okay. hours, and how long to beat says, like, 40 to 50, and it's because of those missions. But I'm Oof. way ahead of pace. Like, I don't think it's going to take me that long. Oh, okay. Um, and then Dante's Inferno, I got it from the library, pulled my PS3 out of the cupboard, tried to hook it up, and my PS3 died after, like, the first cutscene, and I was like, oh, shit. Uh, restarted it, updated it, went for it again, and it died again. So I think my PS3 is at the end of its rope, so I want to say a shout-out to my boy Waylon. Let me log into his Xbox account so I can play it on Game Pass, and like I said, I was playing it this afternoon, and I got to Gluttony, so I think, like, a third of the way through. Yeah, it's uh, I we'll talk. I think we'll talk about it more obviously next, next week. Next week will be fun. Yeah, but uh, I think it's gonna be it'll be interesting. Yep. Uh, for books, I finished Artemis Fowl Part Two: The Art of Incident, and I started Artemis Fowl Three: The Eternity Code. Uh, then still reading Antimatter Blues, which is that sequel to Mikey Seven. Um, last night was Blood and Guts for AEW. I think I sent you a video or two of the gore and the massacre yeah. and yeah. the dance off that happened. <laughs> Uh, God bless wrestling. But that's all I really have. Like again, we're kind of at a faster pace to to stay I mean, ahead of I was the storm. Gonna, and I was gonna bring something up too, but I completely fucking what? forgot. I, I, if I remember it, I'll just like interrupt whatever the hell we're doing. Okay. I'll talk about it. All right. Well, perfect. Well, then let's get into our review of Saint Mod. Okay, so I couldn't find out too much about this, which now is a good thing since uh, the storm is coming from Yeah, we don't have time for it. (laughs) (laughs) It is a 2019 British psychological horror film that was written and directed by Rose Glass in her future directorial debut. The next film Rose Glass is called Love Lies Bleeding, which is a romantic thriller starring Kristen Stewart, Dave Franco, Jenna Malone, and Ed Harris, which is also going to be from A24. There is no release date currently for this film. The film stars Morfid Clark and Jennifer Eel. Uh, Clark, the whole time I was watching this movie, I, I knew I knew her from somewhere. 
but I didn't know where. Do you know where like, you and I both recognize her from? No, but I will say she did have that, like, where the fuck are you from? Like, She's Galadriel in Lord of the Rings Amazon show. I never watched it. Oh. I heard it was bad. I'm not going to waste my time with a bad show. She was also in 2020's Dracula. and Oh, um, I did watch that. The BBC okay. thing? Yeah, and his Dark Materials. Okay. Have you seen the 2020 BBC thing? No. Is it good? Uh, the first... So it's like three episodes the mm-hmm. first part is like fucking amazing okay like possibly some of the best dracula content out there personally two is weird and three is like teen drama interesting okay yeah i'll look into it okay I'll look into it uh and then jennifer ale um is most well known for her role as elizabeth bennett in the 1995 bbc miniseries pride and prejudice and other roles that she has appeared in were in The King's Speech, Contagion, and Zero Dark Thirty. The film was funded by Film 4 before it was picked up by A24 after it premiered at TIFF, and it made $1.4 million at the box office. Hmm. I could only find one piece of trivia. Okay. Rose Glass originally wrote Maud with a more explicit backstory, but removed most of it in the final draft as she found it too similar to Carrie saying in early drafts the character's backstory was quite different she had this very extreme religious upbringing went to catholic school all that stuff but it just felt like a story i'd seen before and it wasn't one i was particularly interested in retelling i would have been more interested in that one (laughs) so let's a quick plot summary for this film is that there is a nurse and her name was katie uh and a patient died on her while she was performing cpr um Time has passed. Katie is now going by the name Maud, and she's working as a palliative care nurse. Um, and then she goes to work for this person named Amanda, who is very, very sick with cancer, like on death's door with cancer. Um, it appears that Amanda and Maud are getting along, and like even though Amanda has been kind of been told to Maud as being a hard case, they're they're definitely bonding. There's a night where a guy comes and gets drunk with her and treats Amanda badly, and Maude, like steps in and stops it. Uh, and then there is a woman who is visiting Amanda who is being paid. It appears that she's being paid to sleep with her and have a good time with her. Hmm. And Maude, who is trying to save um, Amanda's soul, threatens this woman's suitor and says, stop coming around. Amanda finds out about this. There is a birthday party for Amanda where Amanda embarrasses the ever-living shit out of Maud because Amanda assumed that Maud was doing it because she was homophobic, whereas, I'm not sure if you got this vibe, but as far as we could tell, it truly seemed like... She was Maude just trying to, like, it clean, because, clean her soul, basically. Yeah, like, like, she was paying for the prostitute. And, like, she, like, looked in the window at one time when they were together, and it looked like she was, like, just not having fun. Yeah. Uh, so Maude slaps the shit out of Amanda, gets fired from her job, and she kind of reverts back to, like, her old lifestyle, it kind of appears like, or she tries to dive way back into it, goes to a bar, gets drunk, has sex with a random guy who's a total creep and piece of shit, mm-hmm. um, goes back to her apartment, and she seems like she's losing her faith, and it's at this point where this cockroach crawls out of the sink, goes over to her little altar, 
and start speaking to her and said, like, you know what to do. Don't lose your faith. Like, you have to go do this for me. Uh, Maude. So one of the things that I'll never forget, I'm not sure. Do you ever read the Da Vinci Code? No. Have you seen the movie? No. <laughs> so, like, the assassin, like, the guy who's, like, working for the big bad, who's, like, chasing around, like, the Indiana Jones-ish character, um, he, like, self-flagellates himself. Like, he hits yeah. himself as, like, penance to God. There's a, there's a couple scenes in this movie where Maude is doing that, but the one in this one that fucks with me the most is she gets a picture of Jesus, and she gets thumbtacks, and she puts the picture of Jesus with the thumbtacks in it, and her converse, and starts walking around. I wanted to, I wanted to die. I wanted to die. Anyway, so after I had the talk with Jesus, but it was probably Satan or even just something in Maude's mind, she goes to confront Amanda. She kind of falters in her faith in a moment there. And then there's a scene that really kind of like makes us question a whole lot where Amanda throws Maude across the room, shatters some glass, and then Maude goes and tries to stab, and stab the demon out of her and kills Amanda. Mm-hmm. Maude then goes to the beach um, after she kind of saw herself with wings but no one else can see uh, pours gasoline on herself, lights herself on fire at first it looks like she has gained her wings and is going to heaven and then it does a very quick flash to her burning on the beach and that's the end of the movie yeah yep it sure is (laughs) let's talk plot okay I think this was a interesting way to approach like clearly the uh mod has some issues. Um yes. I I mean that's how I took it. Like I took the whole thing as she just she has very bad mental health. I think since we obviously I had that little trivia tidbit about how there's a whole backstory, yeah. But I think started the movie off showing how a patient die on her and like how that really traumatized her, and then when we met her friend, it definitely seemed like they kind of abandoned her, yeah. Right, in that moment, like I think we've talked about it before, is that it is a very real thing where people will turn to a group to accept them when they're feeling extreme trauma, yeah. And so turning to religion in that manner isn't too crazy, but you're right; she definitely has some. Like mental health issues. issues. Yeah. And I I mean, I think that comes full circle at the end, specifically when she is like screams in pain as she's on fire and she realizes that it was, she was, yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, Other than that, (laughs) um, this was a very, very slow movie for me. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was just the pacing was off or I just didn't really connect with any of the characters, but so this movie's what it was like an hour and 27 minutes. I think if that, yeah, it felt like it dragged on for me. Um, I just, I'd never found anything on screen that, interesting okay um but but i do think it is a very interesting way to kind of approach the the like religion mentality especially with like the fanatics 
they're like the extremists, right? I totally um, agree. That's kind of been like the goal of the season, right? When we do we yeah. go through all these movies, is to see a wide variety of how people perceive religion. Yeah, and, and like that's not even me saying like I don't think this movie is bad. I just I think it's very like mediocre. Yeah, I there are two things in this movie that I think are really good in our categories. Okay. This is not one of those sections. I actually yeah. have an opposite feeling of you, whereas you felt that it was slow. I felt like we needed more. I felt like we were going from scene to scene. I felt like they rushed. Like, I was able to kind of pick up. <laughs> Sorry, my, my sweet Colossus is on my lap. You might be able to hear her panting in the, mic in the microphone. She doesn't like storms, and so she's oh. sitting here freaking out. So if you hear panting, it is it is the angel colossus, um, and I, I I would have liked to have maybe had more interaction with her nurse friend, mm -hmm. because I also would have enjoyed more because I think that would have opened up a discussion. I don't need the background, but I wanted more of a discussion of the mental health. Yeah. Like whereas obviously it was like her friend like kind of like didn't give a fuck and she was like really flighty and all that kind of stuff. Like I would have really have enjoyed seeing someone talked to Maud about her mental health. Well, the the friend did try at the very end. It was Maud who, like, opened the door and was basically, yeah. like, get the fuck out kind of thing. But but it was, like, too little too late. That's what I'm saying. Like, I would have yeah. liked maybe a little bit more up front. Yeah. Like, it, 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 is, it is, that part to me is what I wanted more of. But I agree with you. Like, there are scenes that I thought were really brilliant, like, when she's developing that relationship with Amanda – but it's crazy to me how fast that relationship was like kind of burgeoning and then how yeah. quickly it was over. Yeah. And then Amanda's gone until at that last, like the, the penultimate scene. Yeah. So it was good. I mean, for a first time director and it was a 24. So I knew it was going to be far more artsy than like some of the other fair we get. Mm -hmm. um, but it was okay. Like it's like, I don't have a whole lot. Yeah, it was just okay. Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> All right, I gave it a six. I gave it a six as well. Okay. Cinematography. So this is one of the sections that I liked. Okay. Um, The first thing and the thing that I like the most is people know I'm not really a big fan of, like, torture porn, like, excessive gore and stuff. But what I do love is when you show a character in pain without me having to, like, see anything. And there were two scenes in particular in this movie that made me, like, literally cringe and look away from the TV. Was it the hand job? No. That was disgusting <laughs> for a different reason. Kneeling on the popcorn. Okay. And the... Walking in the shoes. Yeah. Like, we didn't see any blood. We barely really heard any noise. Yeah. But anybody who has kneeled on gravel, which I have because at West Point, I'm sure other people have too, or like stepped on a Lego. Yeah, my daily life. Yes. <laughs> you know that. And I think it comes in, this is part of acting too, but like I feel like Morphe Clark or Mod, like I think she really sold the realism and the pain and how she was doing it to please her God. Mm -hmm. Um, I I loved how those scenes were shot because there was no gore, there was no real violence, but man, you got it. You, 
you got what they were selling you. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I uh, I would agree with you. I, I do... There was how... <laughs> I didn't really like the wings. <laughs> uh, it was like a weird choice for me personally anyways like it, i don't know how well i mean dogma's done it in you know in fit with yeah. uh uh practical effects and i think that would have been more interesting uh i think because i think what she could have done maybe for me because obviously if anybody listens to this podcast for any length of time they know we like practical effects yeah, it's like have her look in the mirror and see like a like a Sephiroth looking wing or something from Dog. Yeah, but then but use it that way instead of like the the crystalline. Looking yeah, thing. it just looked weird. Um, and then obviously like with her burning as well. Um, I don't think it looked particularly good. It was um, fast, luckily though. Yes, so. it is very quick, and you can kind of barely see it because it is it's like a flash. It's a flash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um. But other than that, I I don't know. I, like I, I the thought the roach crawling to the altar and how like, okay. the altar ended up imposing on the room. I like the way the camera looked through Maud's eyes when she was creeping on Amanda, like looking in through doorways. And stuff. Yeah, there were a lot of things I liked about it, and I I think knowing that it was a first time director, I think that made me like it a lot more too. Because we're getting this in how scary, but there were times where. I felt like the cinematography was trying to make me afraid. And I like that because that's not a jump scare. That's like them trying to like make you feel claustrophobic or whatever it might be, right? I think Ari asked, I talked about Midsummer. I think it's something good about Midsummer. Midsummer isn't really the scariest movie, but you are on edge that whole fucking time. And it's because of how Ari Aster like frames a lot of his shots. Devin, will you call for the angel? She is freaking out. Sorry, she is all over me oh you're good uh no uh, i i would i would agree i i think it's definitely more uh as we had already mentioned uh, a little artsy farty yes uh when it comes to that stuff and that doesn't really like click with me very well i don't think again i had a very like <laughs> mediocre viewing experience with this movie yeah i watched it and i texted you because i saw it saw before you and i was like i don't think this is going to be one for you Nah. And it wasn't. <laughs> so I gave cinematography an eight. I gave it a five. I thought it was okay, but you know. Audio. You go first. Okay. Uh so I think this is kind of hard because we're dealing with just specifically the types of characters. Like mod is more like internal. Yes. Um, so we're dealing with like a lot of like internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. So we don't actually really, other than Amanda, we don't like really get like a good sense of like her acting opposing somebody. Yeah. Um, so I, I, but I mean, I, I enjoyed like the internal dialogue, but I always felt like when she was conversing with other people, it, Amanda included, even when they were friends, it, it's just something just didn't feel right. And I mean, that could be the character being kind of a withdrawn, like, anti-socialite yeah which is totally understandable like i i get that way sometimes i just get yeah. like weird yeah of course of course but it like felt a degree weirder than that like i i don't i couldn't really put my finger on why it felt so like off um 
I think Amanda did a good job. Except for she seemed very like wild. So like, Amanda for me, I didn't really like the performance. Interesting. Okay. Because I felt like they were trying to be Meryl Streep from the Devil Wears Prada. I haven't seen that movie. Okay. But I know so, who Meryl Streep is. So. Yeah, so like in that movie, like Meryl Streep's playing this like boss lady who's like super mean to her assistants and treats them like shit but it's because like if they deal with it for long enough she'll help them get a career and it's just like like disdainful looking down her nose every single time you think she's being nice she's actually being mean like and i really felt the whole time like it was meryl streep like someone was playing that character mm -hmm. so that like it was so it was, like, it was a bad acting i just really felt like someone watched that movie it was trying to bring that character into this situation yeah yeah i mean i i would agree like that's how it it felt when i say wild it was like it felt very overacted okay and from one scene to another it was almost like somebody different was amanda like it wasn't like we weren't getting the same performance across the board yeah it felt very like all over the place um okay. And then, I mean, soundtrack, it, hey, it's got nothing. <laughs> like, it really felt very, like, empty. Um, and I think it could have been... I See, I don't even know what you would add to it to kind of, like, punch it up a little bit. Not even punch it up, but, like, just kind of add more tension to some of the scenes. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I also... Like, I kind of agree with everything you said. When it comes to Mott's character, Morford Clark... Um, I enjoyed watching Maud by herself. Yeah, like the, the inner kind of, like the inner self. Like when she was sitting at the table trying to laugh along, like like I thought that is where she shone really well. But yeah. similarly to like kind of how I felt about her performance in Rings of Power, it's when she's acting with other people where like it's really hard for me to buy in. Like it doesn't seem right she's not acting. yes yes exactly yeah it yeah. seems like very off and it's nothing like one, it's not like one thing in particular it's just like the performance itself it's felt more like. Like, like, a, like a local like stage production right where mm -hmm. it's just almost like overly dramatic and yeah it's like doesn't match because when she's by herself like they're or it's like when she's talking in her head or like a lot of those scenes when it's just her like i think she's brilliant so it's like, it's mm -hmm. like i went back and forth on it um, so then for audio, I gave it a five and a half. I gave it a five. How scary. I can go first if you want, because go I feel ahead. like mine is a lot shorter than yours. Okay. Um, I didn't really, sorry. I thought I heard an alarm go off my phone. You're um, good. I didn't really find a lot of it or any of it scary like even when amanda turns into like the demon it mm -hmm. just like okay it was a little too little too late yeah um and again i never really had like a super religious uprising or like yeah. it, i don't really have to deal with that stuff in my day-to-day -day, so that has been like kind of unaffected like it hasn't really affected me because i just like don't really pay any mind to it really um yeah, so I I got nothing out of this. Yeah, for me, I didn't know a lot about this movie going into it when it started out. Justin, like that opening scene with like the dead body and her like 
like traumatized like i was like mm-hmm. oh okay this is this could be kind of cool and then she goes to that house and i think that that's gonna be the kind of movie it is right where like the house is possessed or whatever and then the movie ended up not being that yeah and more than being afraid what i felt was sad especially as i realized like more of mod's backstory what was going on and then just like by the time she got to that bar that night and she was drinking and trying to like reclaim like what was for her mm-hmm. like what her past used to be like i was just sad like it, it didn't yeah. like and i felt sad because and that's probably why in plot why i wanted them to kind of dive more into like how like society had abandoned her and how she was like isolated and alone because i felt bad for her like i i, I did and not like i wasn't afraid for her i just felt like she was really struggling but that's not scary like when amanda turns and throws her across the room is like oh okay but like you said it's like a little bit too little too late yeah the idea of lighting yourself on fire fucking sucks but it's not that scary no and like i i've seen it done in a much better dramatic way before i mean whenever <laughs> this is going to be weird but whenever i have a scene i see a scene of somebody like setting themselves up to set themselves on fire I always think back to uh, Death from Smoochie. Death to Smoochie. That's the one with Eddie Murphy and... Uh, Robin Williams and oh, Edward okay. Norton. Okay, so I'm thinking of a different movie. Never mind. <laughs> Have you seen Death to Smoochie? I don't think so. That was that Holy was fuck. About. Okay. We're, we're going to watch it. Okay. Uh, it's a fantastic movie. Anyways, I, well, I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> okay. Just in okay. case you haven't seen it. But there's a much better setup for it there. And I've... It, it's it's so good that it's like stuck in my mind to this day. So okay. when I see stuff like this, I immediately think about it and it's like, well, okay, well this isn't as good as that. So, and that was 10, 20 years ago. And I, and I think there was a focusing on the artsiness as opposed to like, I don't know. I, I, I just, for how this movie started off and how sometimes when she first went into the house and was moving around it, how on edge I felt, I felt this ended up being kind of a bummer for me. Yeah, that's fair. So I gave it a two and a half. I gave it a one. All right, we'll have to review our scores. <laughs> uh, we both gave it six for plot. I gave it eight for cinematography. You gave it a five. For audio, I gave it a five and a half. You gave it a five. Um, and for house gear, I gave it a two and a half. You gave it a one. That gives it a here's Johnny final score score <laughs> of a 49. <laughs> been a week folks yeah (laughs) um rs okay justin it is tied with one day at whoreland the goosebumps tv special and resident evil afterlife right when are we gonna are we gonna do death island by the way resident evil death island the like new cgi movie done any of the cgi movies i think whenever we go back and do resident evil revelations and stuff i think we should tackle those too okay just so we can say we did them all um, but right below it with 48s in film are Devil's Advocate, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, House of the Devil. Uh, man, I have just not been doing well in religious horror this year, have I? We're... That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, and then above it, film-wise, we have 3 from Hell, which sucks. Um, <laughs> I would watch St. Mod 10 times before I ever watch 3 from Hell again. We do have an email. And it's from one of our friends. It is the co-host of the More Deadly Podcast and the, the co-host of the Zombie Girl Podcast. It's Ariel. Oh, Ariel. And she says, hi, Larry and Justin. I'm so glad you guys are covering St. Maud. 
I loved it so much, it was my number one movie of 2021. There are so many horror movies about trauma these days that sometimes it can start to feel stale, but St. Maude kept me on my toes throughout the whole runtime. I love the twisted relationship she has with Amanda. At, the, at first, you think she made a real connection with another person, but then the way she treats Maude at her party is utterly disheart, utterly heartbreaking. I really like that Amanda's friends called her Norma Desmond because you're set up to think She's a sad, aging star living in the past, but she really has this rich life. It totally took me by surprise. Frequently, when we have a character like Maude, you understand that they were brought up in a religious household, but knowing she's new to religion is fascinating. She didn't come to it because of a sincere belief in God, but more as a coping mechanism to deal with the traumatic experiences she's been through. The way she thinks God is communicating with her and the godgasms she experiences, we didn't talk about those. Yeah, I forgot uh, about them. <laughs> are heartbreaking and so interesting to watch and think about. The touches of body horror in this film are also excellent. The scene where we see her put pins in her shoes and walk in them has stuck with me. Add to the scene where we see her hands go through the patient's chest, which, by the way, was based on a true story a nurse told the director. Oh, oh. Jesus. I didn't know that was based on a true story. Oof. The final second of the movie where you see her on fire is stunning beautifully realized and brutally sad i loved it i know this film doesn't work for everyone but i found it haunting i mean with amazing wallpaper and godgasms what's not to love <laughs> the last time i wrote in was for another movie that i love tammy and the t-rex we all know larry's dumb opinion about that one <laughs> this is by justice my favorite Just kidding but I'm hoping oh ariel your mind is going to change after this <laughs> <laughs> what now ariel i like this more than justin what now <laughs> It's okay, what Ariel. Now? We can watch. I will watch Tammy and the T Rex with you whenever you want. <laughs> uh, Ariel, thank you, thank you. Yes, thank, thank you, you very so much. much for writing in. Uh, sometimes, sometimes it doesn't hit for me, and but yeah, it's okay. Yeah, we're gonna play a quick commercial from another podcast of the Kaleidoscope Media Network. Actually, this week because we're saving time, Justin, just play the show the intro music here again. The intro to the review section. Justin, I think since, um, and let me know if you agree, since the Harry Potter podcast is no more, Let's just play music before and after until we get... Okay, are they, are they like, officially no more? Uh, I will check right now um, while you tell people what to expect next week from Dante's Inferno. Okay, Dante's Inferno is, like, this super weird game uh, that... Well, not weird. Well, it is weird. <laughs> um, the That came out in, like, 2009, I think. Had a, it has a very interesting uh, marketing campaign. Um... Yeah, it's basically, a, it's like a God of War clone. Uh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm just going to say that now. I ha, I, I'm i playing it for the first time since 2009. Um, I'm really excited, though. It's it's definitely, I kind of came to Larry with this a couple weeks ago saying, it's not going to do good in the horror, and I know that. Uh, but I think the rest of it will boost it up enough <laughs> that the, the house scary scar won't utterly destroy it 
it is my first time watching it not because i did not watch it playing it not because i didn't want to play it but because um i I really just don't know i never got around to getting to it um yeah i mean i have an illustrated copy of dante's inferno like the book like Mm, coffee table style that we have um so i've always wanted to do it so i'm excited to talk about it but i'll just leave it at that Um, oh um and we're not gonna do uh campfire Today? I can. I have actually what I have for is really quick. We're gonna be really fast okay. about it. Okay. 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 I'll, I'll, we'll watch the clock for like five minutes and then get gone. Um, okay. But no, I checked. Wizard Studies has some posted since April. They're they are done. Okay. And before that, they had a posted since February. So we'll keep the commercial, but we'll just play music before and after. Okay. What about uh the other shows there? Do you have the Star Trek one? Because I don't have the Star Trek one. I don't have the Star Trek one. Okay. Well, then that's the only one because the other one has been dead for a long time. Really? Uh-huh. Hey, we are waiting on the zombie girls to send us some ads. We have told them that if they send us some commercials, we'll play their commercials. Rachel. And Ariel, please do. Mars, please do because. Daddy, Matilda. Oh, yeah. January 20th, 2021. <laughs> yes, I'm saying we are the last of Kaleidoscope. <laughs> Hey, we were the first, too. Okay? We were the first, and we were the last. <laughs> oh, yeah, but next week is Dante's Inferno. Again, guys, sorry for this kind of rushed episode, but we are, like, I'm in a, a severe weather watch, so um, I don't want my computer to get shocked, and I don't want to, like, <laughs> if anything crazy happens. So uh, hopefully you enjoy the content, and we'll see you next week. But until then, stay scary. The Here's Johnny podcast is brought to you by Larry and Justin. You can find the show on Twitter at Here's Johnny Cast, and you can find Larry at Beaver LA. You can find Justin at Pickle Thing, and you can email the show at Here's Johnny Podcast at gmail.com. You can look us up on Facebook at Here's Johnny Podcast. As always, in the show notes, you can find links to the Discord and to the website. We are also on Instagram at Here's Johnny underscore podcast. Also in the show notes, we'll have a link to the Twitch and YouTube channels. And if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Here's Johnny podcast. Every cent goes into the show. And yeah, we just really use it to make the show better. Again, I just want to say thank you very much to our patrons. Uh, you guys help make this possible. But yeah, Patreon is the way we support the show. We are looking to get rich. And like Justin said, every dollar, every cent, it all goes back in. There's some pretty cool tears, so head on and look at that. But until next week, see you guys later. Bye.